Hi, uh, this is Misa Tang. Welcome back to Dialogues on Applied Channel Theory. And today I will be talking to Jason about some recent case studies. Hi, Jason. Hello, Nisa. Uh, nice to be here with you uh, in New York as you pause between patients. So thanks for taking the time in your day. I'm uh, sitting on the floor in the hallway in my house where I have some silence uh, from kids who are homeschooling. So great to be here together in this little chunk of time we've carved out. Yeah, nice to talk to you again. Yeah, so um, case studies. This is the fun thing to listen to, I think, if you're listening to podcasts, is like hearing people struggle and think about, or, you know, I, I, the case that I want to talk about is one of those cases where you got amazing results and you couldn't believe it. But I have plenty of cases that take a lot longer to figure out, and those are interesting as well. But um, let's start with, you You mentioned having an interesting case recently, a gynecological cases or case, is that right? and a certain point groupings we can talk about from it. Um, yeah, I have a case in particular that is, um, like I've been treating her off and on for a little while, um, just for menstrual irregularities. And As in like, the, um, yeah, what are the signs and symptoms of that that were kind of first day when she came in? So the main thing would be like periods that are sort of alternate, alternating short and long. So sometimes the cycle would be, you know, like 30 plus days, but then sometimes also show up on like day 25. Um, the period was really light. Like it would start out with just sort of like brown spotting um, and really only have like maybe a day of like heavy flow, like on day three. Mm -hmm. um, and then more spotting for like, you know, like five, six, seven days. Um, there was also mid-cycle spotting. Um and uh, not I mean, a lot the of reason clotting. why I, is that right? Not not clotting was uh, not the, the big part of it. There was some clotting. Um, there would be some like small clots, and again, like sort of like this, like really, it, like almost scanty, except for day three, where it would be like exceedingly heavy. Mm, okay. um, so um, you know, I was thinking about this because. Also, I don't know if you've seen this during COVID times, but I'm seeing a lot of um, blood patterns, like blood deficiency or blood heat, um, blood stasis. Are you seeing that a lot during this? Which is interesting because now with our new understanding of COVID, you know, yeah. it's sort of being a blood issue. I just wonder if there's something kind of bigger happening right now. Well, <laughs> tell me more. So, well, you certainly have... I mean, in New York, in contrast to Seattle, where I am, I think probably yeah. a higher percentage of the population was at least exposed to coronavirus and that big giant flare you guys had a while ago. And then, of mm -hmm. course, there's the psycho-emotional effects of just having a pandemic and an election and all this going on and hard to separate them. But for a moment, tell me what you mean about, are you talking about the biomedical conception of coronavirus having to do with the blood? Say a little bit more about that for just a mm -hmm. moment. If, um, and this I mean, is connected I'll, to yeah. the case, I think. So go on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess like in this case, you know, like there, so my ultimate diagnosis was that there was, um, a blood deficiency due to like a tie in, um, like the tie in isn't making healthy blood. Like it's not making the nutritive bath that it needs to, um, circulate healthy blood everywhere. Right. Yeah. And so it's this mix of like, there is this like stagnation kind of picture, but also a real deficiency, um, Which and, is so often uh, with blood patterns, you have that that terrible combination of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deficiency and, I think and I, stagnation. Yeah, 
Um, and so I think I, I brought this case up because we were talking about point combinations and like I've been using spleen four, spleen eight with her. Um, so spleen four being the, the lower point of the tie-in spleen channel and then spleen eight, which is the she cleft mm-hmm. point. And that was kind of your um, lead point pair for her in initial visits. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it took a little, you know, I had to sort of like futz with it a little bit, like sometimes changing the spleen four to spleen three. Um, but, uh, but generally just sort of like really supporting the spleen, um, its ability to, um, you know, as the tie in to make healthy blood to fill the reservoir so that it could flow more smoothly, but also to make sure it wasn't getting stuck in all the nooks and crannies. Yeah, um, right. That's the law concept there. Yeah. Um, and the sheet cleft, right? Because uh, it's all about like the smaller spaces. Yeah. Um, but what it made me think of this case is just that like um, I'm seeing it a lot in patients across the board, which is there is, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's like sort of like the psycho-emotional toll that the pandemic has been taking on, and maybe it is like New Yorkers in particular since you know, we, yeah, we did have that awful uh, flare of cases early in March through May. Um, and, you know, people aren't sleeping well. There's just a lot of anxiety, you know, and now, especially with the election. Um, so people's blood just like, you know, it's like, um, like at night, people aren't sleeping well. So the, the Zwayan like isn't able to like cool off the blood. Mm. Um, and then people aren't eating well and everyone's rhythms are off. So, you know, like that, lots of digestive sy- symptoms and not being able to make good blood. Um, and so that's leading to all sorts of different cases with like, again, like blood deficiency, blood heat, blood stasis. Um, blood deficiency, so. blood heat, blood stasis. Yeah. And so maybe, I mean, if we go back just for a moment to the coronavirus, of course, which affects mm-hmm. primarily the lung in a pneumonia-like way, but then we think of lung and spleen as being the same system in Tyene. And as we know, a lot of the coronavirus patients have a lot of digestive complaints as it lingers on, especially, mm-hmm. or even in the early stages. And so maybe then for those patients who actually did have coronavirus, then it compromises the Tyene ability to create fresh blood, which then sets you up for that deficiency in heat pattern later or it could be coming totally from a different angle, all the other lifestyle things and just environmental things you're saying, but either way there, it's like the perfect storm. We were seeing more of this recently. Right. Is there um, a tongue? Is it, is it, so is it the classic like kind of pale tongue with a red tip then a lot too? You're seeing that more? Is that also? So I, uh, it depends, right? Like, I mean, that's Yafim's favorite thing, but it really yeah. depends. Like, um, like this particular um, menstruation patient, she her tongue is more sort of it's like a really thin bodied tongue, right? So it's like a little tongue. Yeah. Um, seen, uh, yeah. But there is a little bit of heat in it, right? Like so, it's sort of like deficient and hot at the same time. Um, I have another yeah. case where it's extreme, like IBD. Um, inflammatory bowel disease. Um, she also, you know, now she has like amenorrhea because her body is also just unable to um, transform or transport anything right mm-hmm. now. No um, blood, so she has, not enough, yeah. Right, not no blood, right. So amenorrhea is affecting her sleep. Her tongue is like, you know, almost paper white. Um, mm. uh, 
And then another patient with really extreme anxiety. So that tongue is like, um, it's also tie-in related, but that tongue is like puffy. It has like the indent at the front and it's more red. So I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, But. And there's this theme of tie-in coming up in it a lot of times. And and going back Um, to that case you were describing, Nisa, you still there? mm Mm-hmm. That case mm-hmm. you're describing, um, did you do only those four points or did you also do other points like on tie-in on the arm or anything else? Or, I mean, your lead uh, pair. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my lead pair. And then, um, let's see, I did um, often with spleen four, I would pair lung seven. So the other tie-in lower point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, also the Ren and Chong Mai uh, to sort of get those going also. Um, sorry, I pulled the case out, so I'm taking a little peek back. Yeah, yeah, good. Um, uh, you know, obviously with this, like, you know, this kind of menstruation thing, also like the Zui Yin. Um, so sometimes like, you know, doing the Spleen 4 P6 combo to sort of, um, help with like the irrigation of uh, bringing the, the blood into the heart, the law of the Julian too. I always think of that pair as like, you know, mm-hmm. bringing blood into the nooks and crannies of the pericardium. So it's like fill yeah. helps to fill the heart with blood to calm anxiety in that way. Yes, exactly. And there's digestive complaints with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or so, yeah. yeah. So using this, like, you know, like we were able to get the period, like, you know, over time, uh, I mean, it did take a while, like probably two cycles to sort of see that um, the period got more concise, right? So less of the spotting sort of leading up and ending it. Um, So we got it to sort of where it was like, there were three days of of flow with spotting afterwards, but there wasn't that kind of slow start at the beginning. Nor were there the mid-cycle spotting, which had reduced too, is that right? Or didn't happen, or? Uh, yeah, it did. It did. Uh, it slowed down. There was still a little bit, but instead of like three days, it was one day of the mid-cycle spotting. Which, of course, is like a yeah. That's like a spleen not tong like like mm-hmm. it's not holding the blood in the vessels, kind of symptom too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I mean, this is ongoing. Like you know, like it, there are. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's getting there, but, you know, there's obviously still room for improvement. And how about you? Like, any really interesting cases lately? Well, I mean, definitely related to what we said, and it's got me thinking, is uh, one of the really interesting cases that I've uh, seen just – it's actually two cases where I use the same point pair. And there were mm-hmm. the chief complaints were different. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a point pair that I've actually kind of stumbled towards, and it was and, – and I'm still getting to know. So this is, like, in beta form, but – I think I'd like to maybe even write up these cases eventually and do an article as I think about it more, but just putting them out there right now. Uh, the first case was a woman um, probably in her late thirties. I don't have the case in front of me. And um, she, uh, chief complaint was morning sickness, a severe morning sickness, like morning sickness so bad that she had to have IV fluids because she couldn't hold down water and she'd actually been losing weight she was probably in, she's still towards the end of her first trimesters, but still like almost three full months in, maybe even a little more than three months, right around the end of the first trimester. 
And uh, the baby was fine, actually, thank goodness. But she was exhausted, wiped out, severe morning sickness, couldn't eat anything at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, of course, was then feeling super depressed and sad about this. And, the, and going back into and I've known this patient for a while. So I've seen her for some years off and on. You know, I don't always see her, but um, <clears throat> had the history of Lyme disease, which actually had been pretty well maintained. But then, of all things, like, it, like right at March, she and her husband both get coronavirus and get just wiped out. This is mm. before she got pregnant. She had this severe coronavirus episode where she and her husband were like in bed for like three weeks, and she wow. barely recovered from it, had severe like shortness of breath, weak voice. Uh, and then, then like a few weeks or a month later, she, she gets pregnant and uh, she's her, you know, she's not having a cough, not having any like evident, obvious, you know, scenes or signs of lingering uh, of coronavirus necessarily, but definitely mm-hmm. still this lingering fatigue and shortness of breath. And then she gets pregnant and has this, um, you know, severe morning sickness. So she comes in and you know, she can't even really, she was afraid to even come in because she didn't want to be in the car. So motion sickness, she had to lay down in the back with her family, bringing her in mm-hmm. and palpating her lung channel though, instead of what we might think of is like, you know, you've had this like coronavirus, you've had pneumonia, you know, she had a severe cough and all this. You'd think it would all still be full of congestion, but you know, mm-hmm. some people's lung channel deficiency is harder to palpate. And I trust myself less on deficiency. I'm getting, trying to get better at it, but her lung channel essentially was mm-hmm. uneventful. If anything, like a lack of muscle tone through the lung channel, but there were no nodules. There was nothing in it. It was just empty mm-hmm. or normal on some people. But then you mm-hmm. go down on her leg and palpating her distal uh, channels. Spleen channel also felt pretty normal. Liver channel, not too bad. And, but her stomach channel on both sides was like, it almost had edema in it. Like her like lateral to the tibia mm-hmm. there, it was all like kind of full of fluids and mm-hmm. watery almost mm-hmm. looking. Not really actually any, any serious hard nodules, but this, the Yangming channel was clearly kind of excessive. Mm-hmm. Um, her bowel movements had been uh, kind of slow, but she wasn't eating much. Like not major digestive complaint per se, except the nausea, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. And so the lead point pair I used with her was stomach 37 and stomach 39, those two lower Hussey points, mm-hmm. the large mm-hmm. and small intestines. And I just needle, and she's also super sensitive. Knowing her, you know, I always am trying to do very, very few needles. So I just needled those four needles mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, you know, she kept her warm because she was cold and mm-hmm. came back like 10 minutes later and added lung nine on the top. And I just added those. So I often do that, like come back and maybe have a lead point pair. And if I'm going to do more points to try to keep it simpler, mm-hmm. also add a secondary grouping later mm-hmm. and then did that. And then uh, those were only in probably... 20 minutes at the most and probably the lung nines, maybe 10 minutes. So the 20, 25 minutes, maybe absolute tops, probably 20. And then she turned over um, and did a very, very light cupping on her upper back, which didn't feel that remarkable, but I just felt like we needed to kind of open up and make space in the upper burner. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And then, you know, she left and two days later she emails and said like within 24 hours after the treatment, the nausea stopped and you know, she'd been able to eat and I've seen her since. And it just, that was it. It was gone. The morning sickness disappeared Mm -hmm. within 24 hours after that treatment, her voice got stronger, uh, her energy improved. And so again, I have tons of cases where it's not that dramatic, but this case was one of those where it was exactly like nailed it and really helped it. And I've been, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking about that idea then what happens, you know, at an apparent lung chi deficiency, of course, 
this is straight up out of like Tong Fu diagnosis too, right? It's a long, large mm-hmm. intestine pattern, right? You know, it's you right. got to get the large intestine moving downwards so that the lung can come back to life. Mm-hmm. Kind of like your case so you were cool. talking about earlier. Yeah, with the Tai Yin Yang Ming, right? When you've got yeah. a yin channel that is apparently deficient, if you don't get the yang channel moving and out of the way, you can tonify mm-hmm. all you want and it won't matter. And you can't use P6 for morning sickness in this case because it's not the pattern. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was, and I think, really, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, yeah, like, um, you know, we were just talking about uh, in the last episode that we, uh, you know, like, this is what makes, you know, clinic fun for us is that, you know, like, this is so much more interesting to think about this kind of like releasing the yang main, making the energy go down in order for the lung chi to rise. Like, that's so interesting, right? Rather than like, just recite a list of points based on symptoms. Yeah. Um, and you probably so, wouldn't have gotten to stomach 37, stomach 39 as a lead point pair for morning sickness right away, unless maybe you had severe constipation as a component of it, or, you know, some obvious mm-hmm. signs and symptoms that make you think of those points. Mm-hmm. It was oh, that's it, so interesting. These, yeah, those, you know, and Hussey points, right? They're lower Hussey points. They get things mm-hmm. going in the right direction. They treat knee, counterflow, chi going the wrong way. And, you know, mm-hmm. of course, those points, Shang Jushu and Xia Jushu, their names imply that they're a pair. Right. Upper and right. lower Jushu would sometimes translate as what, great vacuity or, you know, it's like it's more like it mm-hmm. create. I think and now I'm thinking about this again, this point pair, I'm still getting to know that. But it, I mean, it's obvious an old point pair. It's not unique mm-hmm. by any means to me. But that Jushu, the great vacuity, I think what you're doing is way is creating a vacuity, creating that vacuum below so that the lung chi mm-hmm. pops up in this case, at least. Mm-hmm. So a second yeah, that case, actually, yeah, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, oh. go ahead. Please, no, I want to hear your thoughts before I do anything. Oh, no, I mean, just as you're describing that sort of like, you know, like that sort of like energetic flow, like creating um, a vacuum for space, you know, like you need that space in order for things to flow the right way. Um, I also think of like, it makes me think of the way Dr. Wong talked about lung seven sometimes, right? Like you're sort of like creating, um, it's kind of like popping that second hole in a can so that it flows better. No, say more about it. No, explain more. Tell me. Yeah, no, I've forgotten this. I need to hear it again. Um, So like, this was more when it's like, you know, like tie in, um, like uh, when there is like a deficiency dampness. Um, So this would could be where like, you know, in allergies, when maybe you have like the puffiness under your eyes, um, or even just like, you know, sort of like sniffly nasal symptoms. Um, But um, he would talk about doing lung seven, you're sort of like releasing, um, you're releasing the tie in channel, it's so that it can flow down better, right? So like Mm. that, that like dampness, kind of stuck in the face, right? So sinuses, like the puffy eyes. So lung seven to kind of release pressure to uh, let it lower, drain opening, down. Yeah, yeah the opening nooks and the crannies yeah. kind of, so then it yeah. drops. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Huh? Like the yeah, hole in the top so of like, the can. Right, so he used to compare it to like, you know, when you had a can and you wanted to pour liquid out of it, like you couldn't just open one hole Um, but you had to puncture a second hole in the top for the liquid to flow smoothly. So um, I don't know why, yeah, talking about this kind of like you have to create um, space in order for things to flow better. So Um, that may be, yeah, open up in certain other cases where there's actually more excess above 
and what I'll be trying maybe is using lung seven with the stomach 37, stomach 39 pair to kind of exactly in the mechanism you're describing. That's, that's fruit for further research in the clinic. That's a great Mm -hmm. way of thinking about it. I hadn't thought of that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. And yeah, actually now with that IBD patient, I'm like, oh yeah, stomach 37, 39. Um, now so I like, can't wait to see her next week. I want to palpate more and see if that might, I don't know, like, yeah. Yeah, and then it's, yeah, that's that's really that, and then the name, that grape shoe, the dash, you yeah. can, you know, the great vacuity, like you want to open, you want to create a vacuity with that pair. Mm-hmm. That, that, the naming of those points is the same name, and of course also being in the same categories, lower Hussey points. There's, mm-hmm. there's more to be learned about that point pair. And I'm sure some people mm-hmm. listening are like, yeah, man, I use that point pair all the time and I love it, but I'm mm-hmm. discovering it here. So I'm glad to mm-hmm. hear your thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. So a second case. And so did you have another case? Uh-huh. Yeah, exact same point pair. Chief uh-huh. complaint. All, in this case, the chief complaint was shortness of breath. And it's also very topical for this 2020 year. She uh, lived out in the peninsula. So this is way, she lives pretty far out from Seattle, out uh, near the, Olympic Peninsula, um, and that area, because of the upward movement of, of airflow from California, was really inundated with a lot of the smoke from the wildfires in Oregon, mm-hmm. California. And mm-hmm. she was uh, probably a 70, I think she's around 70-year-old woman who's very good shape, does a lot of hiking and climbing out there in the Olympic Mountains and loves to get out in the woods. But she had been exposed to a lot of the smoke, and it just wiped out her lung cheek. Like she couldn't even go up a hill without getting shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. Now, she does have a, a history of, I would almost call it like Xiaoyang, like gallbladder fire digestive complaints. Like she had all in the history of it. So knowing her, she's kind of a Xiaoyang kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but in this case, um, <clears throat> again, she had this shortness of breath, weakness in the lung uh, function and kind of an emptiness in the lung channel. And she definitely had changes uh, in her gallbladder channel, but I was like, come on, this is like historic. This is like a memory of, or not really a memory. This is part of her background theme, the Xiaoyang. Mm-hmm. But the Yangming channel was once again kind of swollen. Like there was just like more acute, again, that's the difference. Like deeper bumpiness can be old stuff, but her stomach channel was like a little bit, there was edema a little bit there mm-hmm. along in that same way. And this right. was of course, like just a few weeks after the last patient. And I was like, gosh, this totally reminds me of that other patient. Once again, same exact treatment, stomach 37, 39, come back later, add lung nine, turn over, do light cupping. Next day, mm-hmm. she calls and she's hiked up a hill. So it was like another great case where this point grouping had this, again, this beneficial effect on a different chief complaint, but a similar mechanism mm-hmm. of opening, creating vacuity below so that the above can fill. Mm-hmm. And then the pregnant person, of course, you've reinvigorated tie yin by opening the lung, the, the morning sickness was, yeah, you weren't able to generate food. The up and down movement of the tie-in lung and spleen had been compromised in pregnancy. In her case, it was like a more straight up, like, you know, Zongfu kind of lung chi deficiency case. But really an interesting grouping of point pairs. And, um, you know, they're, they're in my mind now. Now, you know how this goes, right? Like, then you get a couple of good cases. Then you try to use this point pair for everything. And then you're overusing it. Like, then you oversee it. You see it everywhere. So that really, you know, the longer I do this, the more I'm trying to be wary of that tendency to be like, oh, this is another one of those cases. And then I'll hit a wall and get a bunch of bad results because I think I know everything. So just, yeah, you got to watch out for it, not not to oversee it too. Right, right. Um, But it is interesting how, like, I think, right, like certain cases, you know, Dr. Wong used to always say, like, your patients will be your best teachers, um, and it's true, right? Because, um, 
like without them, we wouldn't ever be challenged to think about things differently. Um, no. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. exactly. And pushed against the wall. That's desperate. This woman is like, so has such morning sickness. This is a really scary situation. Right. It was, right. yeah. And, and, but it was also, I think, and I have to admit this just because she is mm-hmm. so sensitive I mm-hmm. that it actually made me even simplify my treatment more. And I've got to learn. I'm mm-hmm. always working on that. Like just do less. Yeah. And I was telling you yeah. about this. He's like, great, man. Yeah. You should do more treatments where you don't use so many needles. And I'm, I'm always working on it, but yeah, like I didn't do any needles on her back. You know, I didn't just add P6 cause it would help. Like I didn't do anything right. like that. <laughs> right. Kept it simple. Um, uh, I know every once in a while I set myself up with like a challenge just to like stop at like I'll try to stop myself at three points, right? Mm-hmm. So like, let's say like that case we were talking about earlier, like spleen four, spleen eight kind of being the main focus, um, like chief pair, and then only letting myself pick one more point. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you, and you, you hold yourself to it. I try, I try. Sometimes I can't help it. I sneak, a, you know, sometimes <laughs> I sneak one more. So it's a total of like eight needles. Yeah, um, that's but, exactly uh, what I'm always doing, yeah. <laughs> or not a total of eight needles. I, I try to keep it, yeah, as low as possible. But go ahead. Oh, sorry. One other thing. I re- remembered why I was thinking of these cases is because there was a conversation that you and John were having about Tai-Yin and Tai-Yang. Um, and that's why I was thinking about these cases, because there is this like Tai-Yin not making good blood sort of at the root of the issue. Um, and like these three people that I'm thinking of, like, they also have like those really tight muscles, like, you know, so the tie-young, like mm-hmm. the, the tie ins not making the good nutritive, you know, stuff to get up to the tie-young and warm the muscles. Um, so I've been doing a lot of like sliding cups on them and, um, sort of just trying to, you know, like, yeah, just like physically open up the spaces to try in to get the juice up there in the Taiyang. Yeah. So, so this is where like, I'm not using needles for the Taiyang. So I'm just treating them in the Taiyang um, and then physically kind of opening up the space and hoping that as the Taiyang wakes up, it'll get up there. And, and so um, you're tapping upper back, upper body. Is that right? Yeah, so like the upper back, like in between the shoulder blades, like I really yeah. like to do like sliding cups, like all around the scapula. And the interesting um, thing, this is an aside, I guess, but relevant to what you just said is when I, you know, years ago in San Francisco, I studied also the Japanese acupuncturist quite a bit. And he always talked about that kind of T456 area mm-hmm. as being an area that's related to the stomach. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if it was like emotions affecting the stomach. That would make some sense to me. But either way, he was always like, oh, yeah, when there's digestive complaints, don't forget to treat in that area. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe it's a tie-in tie. I don't know the mechanisms of it, but that was within his lineage, uh, a thing mm-hmm. they talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm throwing it out here without even being able to explain a, a why, which is always kind of irritating. But is it, or, or I think the way you're describing it makes more sense to me of just opening – Hi, young. Maybe that's also similar to what you were just saying about like uh, putting a can, opening a, uh, putting a hole at the top of the can, right? So you're mm-hmm. you're opening Tai Yang, so Tai Yin can feel more emboldened to further expand. They're both opening channels. You're like mm-hmm. you're emphasizing opening, kind of. Right, right, right. So you're opening up the very right, like even going back to the bamboo steamer idea that's in the book. You know, like mm-hmm. um, right, you're opening up the very top, which will help to 
help the body sort of reclaim like the physiology in the whole system. Yeah, I love that idea. That is an idea that's coming out in all that we're talking about this morning and one I hadn't conceptualized that way. So mm-hmm. super useful. And yeah, uh, in, in honor of respecting everyone's time, um, in our cases, this is, we've unfortunately come to the end of this particular dialogue together. Um, what a fun talk. I, yeah, this, it went in all sorts of directions, but yeah, yeah. lots of food for thought. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, so thanks everyone for listening. And, you know, we're going to keep trying to crank these little short dialogues out. And, uh, you know, if you're interested in this material and you're not on the Facebook page that Jonathan maintains, I'm not even on Facebook, but Jonathan is there and he's listening and watching. So it's the Wang Jui Applied Channel Theory Facebook page. So go there and see and you'll, you'll he'll, he puts a little posting up there whenever a new one of these uh, dialogues is out. And for now, we're putting them out every week. We'll see how that goes. But uh Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Nisa, for taking time out of your day and really teaching me. That's really, I got some cool ideas out of this. And uh, Yeah, me too. We'll we'll do another one. Awesome. Okay. Uh, See everyone next time. Bye. Bye.